I was looking at those uh, things that my mother taught me in the bulletin. I can hear my mama saying every one of those. <laughs> you know, I brought you into this world and I shouldn't sure, sure take you out. I think many of us can identify with those things that mama taught us. Logic. Because I said so, that's why. <laughs> Isn't that good? Huh? Behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. <laughs> you know, I can hear her saying just about every one of those. I'd like to invite your attention this morning, and I read an article this week about more effective preaching. And I'd like for my preaching to be effective. And the first thought was, cut your outline in half. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to cut the message in half. And it said that way they'll come back tonight to hear the rest. In your Bible to the book of Titus, the little book of Titus, in your New Testament, page 1284, if you have a Bible like mine, if you do not, we got them for sale in the bookstore. Today, they're special for mothers. We've added 10% so you wouldn't have to tithe off of it. In your Bible, verse 1 of chapter 2, please. Someone has said or asked the question, what is a mom? Moms are often masters of motivation, makers of memories, and they often are mam- madams of the manon, and makers of meals, and more often than not, the maids of the mansion. She carries the motive of morality. She's the mayor of mandates and the magistrate of mayhem. She leads as a mentor of minors. For the young who abide near at her feet. For many moms are ministers of mercy. Comforting their young with a spiritual milk of magnesia. For mom's soothing nature takes away pain and makes everything better. Still on this day. What is a mom if not all of that? And that's a reason we gather today and we could look at our moms probably with a hearty thrill in our voice and say, wow, what a mom. I can say that with all sincerity. God gave me the best mother that heaven had to offer. She's got a lot smarter through the years. 
There's one time I thought she wasn't very smart at all. We're living in a society that is hell-bound for destruction. The devil has drawn his bow and aiming his fiery darts at the homes in America. Moms are either too bored or too busy. If they're not working outside the house, they're too bored and sit and watch as the world flops. And if they're working outside the home, they're too busy to make a home. It was such a society that the book of Titus was written. I show you in chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible said in chapter 1 and verse 12. Speaking of the Cretan society in which Titus was ministering. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own said, the Cretans are always liars evil beast and slow bellies. Paul said, this witness is true. In other words, Paul is writing to a church that is nestled within a society that are ferocious, violent, and evil as wild beasts, idle, lazy, and gluttonous, and all liars. Have you watched the six o'clock news lately in America? What has our society become besides a violent, ferocious, evil, beast-like society? Murder and mayhem in every program. In fact, someone has written Channel 4 News and said the agenda of their news broadcasts are basic and absolutely offensive because all they report is violent tragedy, murder, rape, and mayhem. Could it be that we're living in a society That could be likened unto society that is described here in Titus 1 in verse 12 in describing the Cretan society. Well, verse 4 tells you why Paul is right in the book, or verse 5 in verse 1. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order. The things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed they. Titus was left in creed to straighten some things out in the church. That had been caused by a society that was ferocious, violent and evil, lazy, gluttonous and full of liars. Do you think maybe America has arrived? Why are you so silent? I realize the Rangers lost, but it didn't bother me like that. I speak to you today on this thought. Godly mothers in an ungodly world. 
And how are we going to produce some more of them? Godly mothers in a godless world. In an ungodly world. I read for you now verse 1 of chapter 2. And I got my watch handy. Cut it in half today. You're going to say, preacher, why would you do that? I haven't had anything to eat. He says to Titus, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Become sound doctrine. I wonder what he means by become sound doctrine. The word become. Have you ever heard the word become used in this context? That outfit is becoming on you. I'm not saying that to you guys. (laughs) That outfit is becoming. It means it makes you look better. It means it has dressed you up. It means the old barn needed painting. That outfit is becoming on you. And Paul is telling Titus to preach and to teach things that would beautify, that would dress up the teachings of God and of Jesus Christ. Well, what are those? Verse 2. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. That kind of man would be an asset to any generation, any family, any business, or any church. Now notice you men, it didn't bother you when I said aging to you. Verse 3. The aged women. I dare not walk up to any women today and say, you look aged. (laughs) I dare say, you do not want me to walk up to you and say, you look aged. You say to me, preacher, what does aged mean? I do not want to tell you what aged means. If you would like for me to tell you, I will email you and tell you, ladies, what aged means. But here in the context, it means 40 or above. You say, how do you know that? How do you know that's not true? (laughs) Aged. Someone who has been there and done that. You aged women, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, nor given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, 
keepers at home good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Godly mothers in an ungodly world. The wisest man of all described his working mother in Proverbs 31 in these terms. He said she sows in verse 13, 19, and 22. He says my mother shops, verse 14. My mother cooks in verse 15. And my mother gardens in verse 16. No wonder. He closed out the book and said, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Motherhood is not a job, it's a ministry. Motherhood is a job as well as a ministry. Sometimes not appreciated. A little boy got his first job. Does any of you guys remember your first job? I mean paying job. I'm not talking about the job your daddy give you of milking the cows, slopping the hogs, cutting the kindling, carrying in the coal, and a whooping if you didn't do it. You remember that? I remember the first job I ever had. Did any of you guys remember the first job you ever had? My first job was off bearing slabs at a sawmill. That means you stood at the end of the rollers and when the slabs came off, you grabbed the slab off the side of the log, carried it up to a slab pile and threw it off the back and hurried back because there's another one coming down the roller. 75 cents an hour. All day. Little boy got his first job. And was boasting about the amount of work he did. He said, I got up at 5 a.m. and I have breakfast. He was asked by by a friend, does anyone else get up too at 5 a.m.? He replied, oh, my mother, she gets up and cooks breakfast and fixes breakfast for her dad and I. And what about your dinner? She said, oh, yes, mom cooks dinner and fixes dinner for us too. Uh, Does your mother do anything in the afternoon the the guest said and the boy replied no mama cleans the house looks after the children gets supper for me and dad when we come home from work then we watch television until bedtime the friend said well what about your mother what does she do the boy replied mama washes some clothes and arms the rest of the evening the friend asked the boy Do you get paid? The little boy said, of course, dad and I get paid. The friend said, well, what about mom? Does she get paid too? The little boy replied, mom? Get paid? No, she don't get paid. She don't do no work.
Now, if anybody believes that, I would suggest you better keep your mouth shut today. (laughs) Motherhood is a ministry as well as a job. But motherhood is more than a job. It's a ministry. It's performing a task for God Almighty. Motherhood is raising God's children for him. Now I wondered through my years, I've wondered in different ages of life how I saw my mother. And I saw this the other day. It said at four years of age, my mama could do anything. At eight years of age, my mama knows a lot, a whole lot. At 12 years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. At 14 years of age, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. At 16 years of age, mother, she just hopelessly old-fashioned. At 18 years of age, that old woman, she's way out of date. 25 years of age, well, she might know a little bit about now. 35 years of age, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. 45 years of age, wonder what mom would have thought about that. 65 years of age, wish I could talk it over with mom. If you were the devil, where would you shoot at? If you want to destroy the whole foundation of the human race. If you want to throw a kink in God's eternal plan for mankind. What one person would you attack wholeheartedly with boredom and busy? See, I believe with all my heart the devil has declared war on the Christian home. I believe if you'll look what's going on in our world with same-sex marriage <laughs> That sure cut moms out, didn't it? Same sexers can't have any kids. And if you were the devil, what would you do to assassinate the foundation of this society? I would dream up a fornicative situation like same-sex marriage and adultery, homosexuality. And I would give to rise a militant feminism movement in America that would absolutely speak against the home. I would agitate and aggravate and orchestrate government interference in the home. I would belittle motherhood. 
And tell those mothers who stay at home and raise kids for the glory of God, you're outdated, you're, you're old-fashioned, you're out of touch, and you're subnormal. I'd put mothers on a guilt trip. I would throw before their eyes political correctness. I don't want to discourage you, but I have great news for you today. God has a plan. (laughs) In a society as corrupt as the creed, in a society as corrupt as America, it is not preachers that is going to fix it. And it's not politicians that is going to fix it. And it's not Washington that's not going to fix it. God's plan is that it's fixed in the home. Could I help you please and show you God's plan for rearing godly mothers in an ungodly world? Would that be all right with you? If it's not, I'm going to too anyhow. So you might as well enjoy it and sit back and have a good time. Notice if you would please in verse 1, 2, and 3. It talks about aged men and women. The problem is not in the home, one or the other. Most generally, it is both. It is easy for you and I to point a finger to a mother who has been abused and lied to and absolutely scorned and now made feel less than a human being and preach to her. And let a man who's trampled on her emotions go free. Amen, Reverend. Some of you guys sit around here and say, Sick them, preacher, when I'm talking to a wife that will not submit to a man who is not biblical. I just thought I'd pitch that out there because you look like you love me today. The way you fix a mixed up, messed up society is to work on both people in the home. And I want to share something with you, folk. After we have belittled and confused and conflicted and absolutely lied to and cheated our mate, It takes a while for them to ever get confidence in us again. So you can stop your emails and your dirty innuendos about all the women in our church being hypocrites. You say, you're talking to me. If you've been sending emails that our ladies in our church are hypocrites, guess what? Yeah! Aged men. What did he say? Sober. That means making wise, sound, godly decisions. Grave. 
That means serious, temperate, self-controlled. Well, I ain't getting what I need at the house. I got a Greek word. (laughs) Hope that didn't get on you, Brother Billy. In a society that's going to hell in a handbasket, men need to grow up and keep their vows and be sober and be grave, temperate, sound in the faith, charitable, and patient. Dear God, if you want to learn patience, marry Ginger. I'm so patient, they're calling me Father Times. And if you ladies want to learn patience, get hooked up with this cat. Thought I'd pitch that in there for the men. But now notice, aged women. Oh, dear Lord, it's already past 12 o'clock. I got to quit. Here it is, here it is. Notice, the mandate. Teach younger women, verse 3 and 4. The motive, verse 5, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Do we not believe in this place that Jesus Christ is the answer for all of our needs? Do we not preach from this pulpit? And do we not advertise? And do we not stand for the fact that God is greater than all of our problems? Then what in the world does divorce say to a society that's on its way to hell when you can't even stay together? Amen. Amen. Well, I ain't getting what I need. Divorce, arguing, child brutality is a blaspheme to the word of God and a blaspheme to this church. Immorality, fornication, palling around and milly-mouthing around is a blaspheme to God and this church. We haven't fun yet. Mandate, aged women, Teach younger women. Who is teaching our young women today? Ophrah? Madonna? The ladies on The View? MPV? Why do you expect anything else? Mama's too busy getting her tan. Just tanning for Jesus. Now, if you're mad at me, I don't give a rip. Now, you can just settle that right now. You'd enjoy the service a lot better if you'd build a bridge and get over it. Because I don't care if you get mad at me. Said, I'll whoop you. Bring your lunch. 
because you'll be there a while, won't he, Jim? You say, preacher, you don't know what you're doing. Okay, would you look at the last verse of chapter number two of this same text? These things speak, exhort, and rebuke like a panty waist. Pitiful little preacher that's preaching for his salary. Nay, let no man despise thee. This world's going to hell in a handbasket because of a lack of godly men that'll stand for what's right in the home and go to work and get a job and earn the respect that's due him by his wife because he is the head and the provider and he is the kind of man found in verse 2. And while he's doing that, while he's providing and while he is earning the respect of the family, while he's doing that, the mother is to teach the children some things. The mandate, teach. Motive, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Manner of life, verse 3, as becometh holiness. You'd be a lot better off teaching your kids how to be godly than you would be teaching them how to play soccer. And peewee basketball and peewee baseball and peewee wee-wee and all the other wee-wees that we've got mixed up in that will take away from us being godly mothers in an ungodly society. Manner, message, I close with the message. You say, you should have closed a long time ago. Message, teach the young women, number one, to love their husbands. Who's going to teach your kids how to love? We are not born with the ability to love. We are born with ability to not love. We are born with a sinful nature. Everything we see is mine. Everything we touch is mine. Even if it don't belong to us, it's mine. Who is going to teach us how to love? And who are to teach the young women how to love their husbands? Their mothers. Their mothers. Could I say it again? Mothers, the aged, those who have already been there, those who already have done that, 
are to teach the younger women. Would all the mothers who's been married 20 years please stand up? You are under a direct mandate from God to teach the younger women in our church how to love their husbands. You may be seated. And the younger women are under the mandate of God to be willing to listen to someone who's been there and done that. And has been around the barn more times than you have. And if you want to go around the barn, ask them what is the easiest and the safest way to go around the barn. And don't watch Oprah. Don't watch as the worm wiggles or the stomach upchucks. Because on your way... To Peyton Place, you'll go down Flamingo Road and end up in General Hospital every time. <laughs> the message, young, older women teach young women to love their husbands, next to love their kids. To love their kids. You teach your kids how to love by loving your husband in front of them. You teach them how not to love by how you react to your husband. My dad didn't show me how to love. He showed me how to work. My mama showed me how to love. A woman with godly Christian character, such as those listed down, chase. Notice that? Next verse. Chase. That means pure. That means keeping the marriage vows in front of your kids. Making sure that your kids realize the ugliness of fornication, the ugliness of adultery, the heart hurtfulness of those things. And a godly mother will be sober and discreet. She will be chaste. She will be poor. I mean pure. She will be keepers at the home. She will be good. Hey, what's wrong with just being good? You're not born good. We're taught to be good. In a society, in a, in a time frame, in an age where I was born and raised, everybody was not too good to help somebody else. Amen. It didn't matter the position that you helped. It didn't matter if your neighbor needed something. You went and helped them with that. You know why? Because my mama taught me how to be good. 
The devil teaches me how to be evil. The flesh works on me daily how to be evil. I need an example when I'm a little bitty boy and a teenage boy. I need an example on how to be good and to be chaste and to be temperate. Where do I learn all that? Daddy's out in the woods hunting something to eat. Daddy's in the fields trying to grow something to eat. Daddy's trying to earn a living. And this rug rat is running around the house playing marbles and doing whatever. He, he needs an example of chaste, of good, of pure. Guess where I get that? Where did I learn how to be faithful to my marriage vows? Where did I learn all that? From Washington? From the public schools? No. I learned that at the feet of an aged, good woman. Love means discipline. You see, I love my kids too much to hurt them. The Bible said if you don't discipline them, you hate them. I must close. I'm, I'm so sorry. Teach. The aged are to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, and to help them develop Christian character, such as being sober, serious-minded, level-headed, good judgment. And any man who will not ask his wife advice and input If she is serious-minded, level-headed, and of good judgment, if he don't ask her her wisdom and input, he is dumber than a rock. And any man who would marry a woman that is not that, you deserve what you got. You said, well, I just picked a purdian. If I was you, I'd change my repertoire. (laughs) Let me close. Keepers at home. There's much confusion about this. I want to clear it up and then I'll close. Many mothers have to work in the society in which we live. Some have said as much as 50%, as many as 85% of the mothers in America work. This says keepers at home. Thus, many mothers cannot keep home 100% of the time. But when you're not working on the job, you can be keepers at home. You can tuck them in. You can pray with them before they go to bed. Keepers at home does not mean locked in the home. It just means you ought to be good homekeepers. 
Oh, keeper. Well, what that means. Keep means to not let it get away from you. Keepers. That's the cement that holds it together. That's the patience. Huh? That's the soberness. Hold it together. A lady visited a meeting that Gypsy Smith was preaching. And she got so stirred by one of the sermons that she wrote Dr. Smith a letter and said, Dear Dr. Smith, during your preaching at the evangelistic campaign, I felt the tug of God in my heart to preach the word. But I'm handicapped. I have 12 children. He writes back. I am so refreshed and blessed by your decision to preach the gospel. But I'm further blessed that God has already given you, your congregation, 12 kids. Keepers at home. Obedient to their own husbands. If I married any of you in the vows, I said, and obey him. You say, where did I get that? Look up now. Ain't time to pray. Obedient under their own husbands. Where does young women learn that? From their mothers. Did it get quiet? Did I learn a good sermon? But I'll swear I thought that said that in verse 5. Obedient to their own husbands. Someone has said, man does not live by bread alone, but he needs buttering every now and then. The cure for America's woes are godly mothers who will teach some more godly mothers, who will teach some more godly mothers. And God's plan always comes with instructions. When all fails, somebody said, read the instructions. Now, some of you don't look like you like the instructions. A Civil War chaplain came to see a young man. He was dying. The chaplain said to the young boy, Is there anything I can do for you, son? The boy replied, I want you to kneel down right here beside me. And I want you to return thanks. And the chaplain said, That seemed like a strange request. Why would you want me to say, give thanks and you're dying? The young man said, I want you to thank God for my mother 
Because, because of her, I'm a Christian. And what would I do now if I were not a Christian? Are your children Christians? Aged. Teach the younger. 